Thank you for joining us and welcome back beyond the bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today and every podcasting day is Kyla. Hi. For many of you fantasy players out there, this will be the last week of the regular season for our league. Kyla, just two more weeks to go oh, in the regular season. A must win game presents itself this week for Kyla's team, but it just so happens that she'll be playing me. The mean machine. <laughs> I think you're going down this week. It's definitely possible. I've got a chance to knock you out of the postseason race, though, so it could get pretty dicey. I know, uh, I know. Before we get into all of it about our rivalry game and such, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We post our pods, our waiver wire selections, and more. And uh, we'll kick this pod off how we normally do by recapping the previous week. Kyla? So what's the story about your week 12? Well, things are not going well for me over the last couple of weeks. If you remember last week, I said I had the worst week of my life. This one was only one point better than that. So (laughs) Um, I scored a total of 86 points this week. Chris Godwin did everything he could for me, finishing with eight receptions for 184 yards and two touchdowns. He ended up with 35.9 half PPR points. The rest of my team combined for 50 points. So Godwin, 35. Everybody else, 50. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brady finished against Dallas with 190 yards and a touchdown. Not much else worth mentioning, really. Lockett, Jones, Samuels, Hollister, and Chark all finished with no touchdowns and less than 40 yards each. Oh, my. Well, at least with the Patriots game, you had a sort of a case where the rain kind of played a factor there. Yeah. And I guess the weather played a factor in more than just that game, but that game in particular. If it makes you feel any happier, Godwin got all those points and I had Mike Evans. He only got seven. That does make me feel a little bit better. Just a, a little bit happier. <laughs> Doing my best here. <laughs> um, needless to say, though, I lost my game. I'm now six and six and have fallen to six overall. And as we've said, only the top four teams will make the playoffs in our league. I'm only one game behind the teams that are two through five. So there's still a chance to make the playoffs, but I think I'll probably need to win out and I will need some help from the other teams not winning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, this past week, I beat Corn Julio 135 to 88. Uh, like you were saying, the league consists of just four playoff teams. I was able to clinch a playoff spot at 10 and 2. <laughs> the, the four teams behind me are 7 and 5. So, like you were saying, you're 6 and 6. So, you're knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Plenty of opportunities here. Um, and my win is basically due to the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, uh, Lamar Jackson threw five touchdowns and rushed for 95 yards on just eight carries. He earned 46.26 points in our league. He is now the MVP of the NFL, pretty much. You've got to think. Yeah. He didn't even play the whole game. No, it was just, they just demolished the Rams. I don't know what happened to the Rams. It seems like the coaching staff last season would prepare a lot better. Yeah, it, it seems like for the most part it's the same team. Yeah, I mean, I so I don't know, but that I don't game, know either. 
that game was terrible. Uh, Mark Ingram finished with 26.3 points. He rushed for 111 yards, had a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Uh, and then I have the Ravens defense as well. 13 points by way of two sacks, two picks of Jared Goff, and they thumped the Rams 45 to six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a bad game. Mark Ingram didn't even play that whole game. They had didn't, RG3 in there, and I don't even know who they had in it running back. Gus Edwards, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was prob- probably Edwards. And then I, I think that Lamar Jackson maybe played into the fourth quarter. I don't remember if he played into the fourth or not, I think maybe they finished off a drive <laughs> and then they, then they took him out, but, uh, it was rough. Um, no one else on my team got into double digits, which is a problem. Uh, with the exception <laughs> of Odell Beckham, I made the call to start him in my flex spot over Carlos Hyde, Joe Mixon and golden Tate. He outscored all of them with 17.4 points, had six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, just 17.4 points. That is his second best fantasy game of the season. <laughs> I well, always am complaining about Odell. I thought he would do well against Miami. He did, but that is the second best game of the year. 84 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's not Odell like at all. Not this season has been bad. That's not why you use him, you know, as or you draft him in the second round like yeah. I did. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the other person on my team I'd like to highlight is Saquon Barkley. Just seven points this week against the Bears. That's after getting just 5.6 points against the Jets in the previous game. Um, I'm very worried about my top pick. Yeah. Seems like the Giants are struggling a bit. They are, yeah. Um, It seems like his ankle is still causing problems it might be best for the giants just to shut him down yeah i mean their season's lost anyway it wouldn't surprise me really if they did but you're gonna be in trouble if they do yeah i am gonna be in trouble my other slot at rb aside from mark ingram would go to joe mixon or carlos hyde seems like those are the best guys available which is not really something i would like to happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if Saquon could could get back to doing Saquon things, I would really appreciate it. We'll see what the Giants decide. It would be best for them, I think, for their long term future to shut him down. Yeah, but hopefully they don't they don't do that. But uh, you know, the mean machine rolls on ten and two, and I'm hoping for more positive things in Week 13 against yeah. you, Kyla. Mm-hmm. I'm still pretty bitter about not having Lamar Jackson on my team because that is who I was targeting in the draft. And you took him just before I could take him. And I'm just going to hold this grudge forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if it gets me a championship and gets me some money, you can hold a grudge for as long as you would like. <laughs> so, as we can see, things are going better for Elias than they are for me. But, you know, we'll see how it goes this week. I a think long way I'm to in- go. I think, no, there's not a long way to go. There's a little way to go. <laughs> there's a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to our winners and losers from week 12. My winner of week 12 is Jarvis Landry. He is not someone that I was high on before the season started, but over the last four weeks, he has been heating up. He's had four straight games of double-digit fantasy points. 
This week, he had his highest point total of the season and finished with 10 receptions for 148 yards and two touchdowns, which translated to 33.8 half PPR points. Nice. Yeah, if he could uh, teach Odell how to do something <laughs> like that and get 33 <laughs> points, that would really be awesome. Yeah, uh, and you know, I wasn't high on him because the Browns picked up Odell, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to have made a difference, so yeah, and before the season started, I it was safe to say that everybody thought Odell would have the better year. And I guess I don't know their season stats, honestly. I don't know which one is having the better year, but I think both of them, it's safe to say, have pretty much disappointed. Yeah. Um, so mine for Week 12 is Devin Singletary and Frank Gore, the Buffalo backfield. In Buffalo's 20-3 to win over Denver, Singletary finished with... 106 yards on 21 carries. That was his first career 100-yard game on the ground. And that happened on the same day that Frank Gore passed Barry Sanders for third on the all-time rushing list. So congrats to Frank Gore. Yeah. Gore got 65 yards on 15 carries. The Bills depended on these two to salt away the clock for the win. Congrats to the Bills' backfield duo. They won Week 12. Yeah, I like Frank Gore. He's the... uh... He's timeless. He's just the ageless wonder. He just keeps going. <laughs> he always finds another team. He just keeps plugging away. Will he ever retire? We'll yeah. find out. <laughs> if he if he played for Buffalo again next season, wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, me either. My loser of the week, and this one, this is a hard one for me, is Amari Cooper. This breaks my heart, as I'm sure anyone would guess. <laughs> Amari has had a couple of down weeks, but this week he finished the game against New England with zero catches. He was blanketed by Gilmore all game. In fairness, I mean, the weather was bad, so, I mean, that always affects the passing game. True. But he did have two catches called back by penalties, at least one of which was a bogus tripping penalty that called back a first down late in the game. The Cowboys are back at home this week, and that is where Cooper usually shines. So even in a tough matchup against Buffalo on Thanksgiving, I would expect that Dallas gets him more involved and he bounces back. But yeah, it was hard to watch. He'll, he'll definitely bounce back. Um, but him getting a goose egg is not something that we thought he wouldn't have as good of a game, but we didn't think he would do that that poorly. He also had a, um, a catch on what I would turn out to be the last real play of the game mm -hmm. that, that hit the ground. Yeah. Their final drive stalled after that. That was, was right after. Down. Yeah. That was right after the tripping penalty that negated the first down. Oh, <laughs> well, if Dallas could have made their way down there and beat new England, that would have made me very happy. Well, they uh, should have, they should have gone on, uh, when they kicked that last field goal, they should have gone for a touchdown there. Yeah. My loser for the week is Mason Rudolph, the Steelers quarterback, had just 85 yards and a pick on 8 for 16 passing before being benched against the Bengals on Sunday. It's clear now that he is not the answer for the Steelers going forward. You'd think they'll either sign a more dependable backup or draft a quarterback because Big Ben may not be the same when he's finally able to come back. I don't remember how long it's he's supposed to be out, if it's going to reach into next season. Yeah, I don't think but, so, but 
Yeah, I think he's going to be back, but I don't remember. But Rudolph seemingly had his chance, and it's pretty much over now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he blew that chance. So, <laughs> uh, moving on to the injuries, the injury updates. Keep in mind this is Wednesday night, so it's pretty early in the week. So keep an eye on these things. Um, Carson Wentz has a bruised hand. Apparently he is considered day to day, but does not appear to be in danger of missing week 13. Jeff Driscoll has a hamstring injury. He likely. I think it's official now. Yeah, it it is. It is official now. He's not going to play uh, the the Thanksgiving game, which just came out a little bit ago. Uh, Okay. So now they're turning to a guy named David Blau. Blau. Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> um, he went to Purdue, I believe, which doesn't help anyone on the show. You, oh my you know, God. It doesn't help you figure out if you need to pick him up fantasy-wise or anything, which no, don't I, do I would recommend not doing. Uh, it, because Stafford is also out with back fractures, so they're down to this guy. Apparently, Driscoll is going to be the backup. Because in an emergency, I guess he could play, but they don't really want him to Interesting. hurt himself further. Hmm. So, yeah, there you go with that situation. So, there's <laughs> the Lions for Thanksgiving. If you're bored with your family and you turn on football, there's a pretty good chance that that game is going to be worse. Oh, gosh. Just be a, a good brother, a good sister, a good son or daughter, and just talk to your family. <laughs> and you probably shouldn't watch the Bears and Lions. No, that's going to be We're bad. We're all going to turn it on, but probably shouldn't watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't start any of the Lions, honestly. Even Kenny Galladay, I wouldn't. Mm. Uh, moving on, Julio right. Jones has a shoulder injury. He's questionable. The status has not been announced yet. Golden Tate has a concussion. He has entered the concussion protocol, and he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, another injury that surprised me. A broken rib for Hunter Renfro, and he punctured his lung. So he will be out. I don't know how long, but he's definitely going to be out this week. Yeah, definitely out this week. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites. I am, you know, pleasantly happy that he's been able to produce at the NFL yeah. level so far. But yeah, very painful injury for him. For the Colts, T.Y. Hilton played on a pitch count last week and said his calf acted up. He did practice on Wednesday, but he was limited. So, you know, keep your ear to the ground when it comes to his status. Devontae Freeman, he has a foot sprain. He will play in Thursday's game against the Saints. As for his teammate, Austin Hooper, with a sprained MCL, he will be out. They are eyeing a Week 14 return for him. Damian Williams has a rib injury. He did not practice on Wednesday which would mean if he misses time, LaShawn McCoy will see a boost. Tyreek Hill has a hamstring strain. He practiced in full on Wednesday, and he should play on Sunday. My guy, James Conner, shoulder injury. He has said it'll be a little longer before he's ready to play. It's not looking like he will play in week 13, and Benny Snell, to everyone's surprise, is the back to own there. So your guy, James Conner, is not going to be in for our matchup. No. Nope. Does that worry you at all? I'm not worried at all. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 it's good to hear. I, I like the confidence for I sure. Talk a lot of shit for somebody who is six and six. <laughs> <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster, uh, concussion and a knee cleared concussion protocol on Wednesday, but he is wearing a knee brace. People seem to think that the concussion was going to be what would keep him out, but it's apparently it's actually his knee. Did not practice on on Wednesday. Questionable at best this week. Marlon Mack, the Colts RB, is out this week with a broken hand. Adam Thielen uh, continues to struggle with a hamstring injury. His status is very much up in the air. On Wednesday, he apparently re-aggravated it a bit. So if you have him, uh, keep looking out for the updates. Debo Samuel, shoulder injury, he's questionable, but is expected to play for the 49ers. Also for the 49ers, Matt Breda, low ankle sprain, practice Wednesday after missing the last two games. It's looking like he's probably going to play. And George Kittle continues to struggle with the apparently a broken bone in his ankle. Did not practice on Wednesday, but he is still likely to play on that broken bone yet again. I did not know how he's playing on a broken bone. That is ridiculous. They must just shoot it up real nice before <laughs> each game. I don't know, but he's been a beast fantasy-wise, so George, keep I, playing. Yeah, he got like 23 points last week on his broken ankle. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some Eagles injuries, Jordan Howard uh, has yet to be cleared for contact. He has a shoulder injury. It's not looking good for Sunday. Alshon Jeffrey was practicing in full today. Um, so did Nelson Aguilar. Both should play against the Dolphins. A couple of guys placed on injured reserve. Eric Ebron and Delaney Walker, both with ankle injuries, are out, have been placed on injured reserve. Their season is over. The new tight end to own in Tennessee is Janu Smith, although I can tell you from experience, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, that I... doesn't always go as <laughs> planned. I I picked him up a couple times too. Yeah, I played him for sure at least once, maybe twice, and he sucked. So Tennessee <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually Tennessee's actually kind of a hot team. Yeah, they are. And they have a lot of divisional games left. They're their hunt for a playoff spot is not over. Maybe Johnny could catch a couple important touchdowns for the for the Titans and for your fantasy team, but you never know. Uh, the last two, yeah, the the last two guys on our injury list are Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Giants. He has a foot issue. He did not practice Wednesday, and then David and Joku. Still no indication if he's going to be activated from the IR or not. He broke his wrist very early in the season. Has not played since, but maybe it could be a good tight end flyer uh, for late in the year. If you're struggling at the tight end position on your team, like I am. And I am. <laughs> um, I just want to make one comment about Evan Ingram. Have they clarified what his foot injury is? Not that I know of. I, I would need to look it up again. I don't think they have. But like when it first came up, they just said he had a sore foot. But it seems <laughs> a little more serious than that because he's missed several games now. <laughs> Well, yeah, if George Kittle can play with a broken bone in his ankle, you would think that he probably has more than just a sore foot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In, in regards to Ingram. So, <laughs> no, I, I don't remember what his injury is, but it must be serious. And maybe playing on it in practice or something made it worse. I 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Interesting. All right. Now moving into the good stuff. Our good and bad matchups for week 13. Oh, the yeah. ones we <laughs> the ones we kind of want to highlight here. My first good matchup is DJ Chark versus Tampa Bay. He was in my lineup last week, so of, of course he's coming off a bad week because I played him. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, However, this week he's facing the Bucks defense, who ranks 31st against the pass and who are giving up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They give up an average of 289 passing yards a game and have given up 26 touchdowns through the air this season. That is tied for second most with the Dolphins and the Raiders. Last week, I picked on them and chose Calvin Ridley as one of my good matchups of the week. They gave up six receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown to Ridley. So I think Chark is going to bounce back this week against that defense. I think I got him in my lineup this week. So if you got injuries, I'd play him for sure. Yeah, pretty much anyone in the passing game against Tampa Bay almost all year. <laughs> Has, has been a good person to start. Yeah. Uh, my first good matchup for this week is Melvin Gordon. The Chargers will be, will be playing in Denver. With the way that Phillip Rivers is throwing the football and how easily Denver can be run upon, I see this game having a, a very run-heavy approach for the Chargers. The Broncos were stout against the run in recent weeks, but they regressed last week against Buffalo. Uh, even <sighs> if the, the run game is stopped a bit, Denver allows a lot of receptions to backs. Eckler, excuse me, Eckler had 15 receptions against Denver the first time these two teams played. I think Gordon and Eckler too could have pretty big games, especially if the Broncos' offense is stagnant like it has been, and the Chargers have a, a ton of time of possession, which is how I see the game going. Yeah, I with the way that Philip Rivers is playing too, they're definitely going to need to lean on the run so i think you're right about that uh, my next good matchup is kyler murray versus the los angeles rams murray is on a hot streak lately scoring 27 34 and 30 points in our league in each of his last three games which it is important to note that passing touchdowns in our league are six points not four points um this week the cardinals are at home against the rams the Rams' defense ranks about in the middle of the pack as far as fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks this season, but they're coming off a game where they allowed five touchdown passes to Lamar Jackson, as we have previously mentioned. They've also MVP. given <laughs> they've also given up two other four touchdown games this season, one each to Jameis Winston and Russell Wilson. If you're like me, your quarterback situation is the worst. Kyler Murray is a good streamer this week. <laughs> so I think, you know, you have him as a good matchup. I've had Kyler Murray as a good matchup. I want to say twice, maybe even three times this year. Yeah. Uh, I know that if it's twice, I had one good one and one one bad one. Yeah. So we've been high on, on Kyler Murray. We'll see how it goes with, with the way the Rams defense is, is playing. It seems like he'll play pretty well. Yeah. My other good matchup is Derek Carr, the quarterback for the Raiders. They will be in Kansas City. The Raiders failed to do much last week against the Jets, but I'm of the opinion that that's because the Jets stopped the run. Uh, Zeke Elliott is the only RB to rush for 100 yards against the Jets this season, and even then he only got 105. 
kind of seems like Carr needs the the game from Josh Jacobs where he can control basically what that offense is about and then Carr can use play action and that off of that. So if the team is able to run, kind of funny to say it like this, but if they can run, they can pass. Yeah. And if they, if they can't run, then the offense just becomes completely stagnant. Mm-hmm. So lucky for Carr, Kansas City gives up the most fantasy points to RBs in the NFL. And if the Raiders can keep it close, there, there will be plenty of holes for Carr to expose in the Chiefs secondary because their hands should be full with Josh Jacobs. Um, I think this could be a sneaky good game, by the way. Yeah. The Chiefs are not necessarily a juggernaut at the moment. You could tell against the Chargers, they just had a bye. It, what the Raiders just did against the Jets was super disappointing. Yeah, yeah. If you're I'd... a fan of the, of the Raiders. But I think this could be a, a pretty good game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. I think it's going to be better than some people anticipate. Like you said, the the Chiefs are good, but they're, you know, they've had a couple of rough games. So I think it'll yeah. be a good one. Yeah. My first bad matchup this week is Keenan Allen at Denver. He's coming off two solid perf- – I want to say, before I get into it, didn't the last time the Chargers played Denver – didn't we talk about this? About Keenan Allen having a bad game? Uh, it was our game of the week. Oh, that's why we talked about it. Okay. Yeah, the Broncos and Chargers both hadn't taken total dives yet. It was early <laughs> on in the season. It was our game of the week. The uh, The Broncos won uh, at, at LA or Carson, wherever the hell their soccer stadium <laughs> is. Joe Flacco actually threw a couple of touchdowns. The Broncos tried to blow it like they do all of their games. But yeah, it was our game of the week. Okay, okay. That's how we talked about it. All right. So, um, Keenan Allen is coming off two solid performances, but prior to that, his highest point total over the previous six games was 8.8 half PPR points, which was seven receptions for 53 yards. The last time he faced off with Chris Harris, he caught four receptions for 18 yards. At the start of the season, I would have said Keenan Allen is a guy you don't bench, but the way the Chargers and Phillip Rivers have been playing, I think it's going to be a rough day for Allen, and I would not depend on him to help you win this week. As a Broncos fan, I hope you're right. <laughs> Me too. I hope I the hope Broncos Chris Harris does exactly that. <laughs> so for my first bad matchup, I have DeAndre Hopkins, the receiver for Houston. They will be hosting the Patriots. Had a great game last week with two touchdowns against the Colts. Would be very safe to say that that won't happen this week. New England's Stephon Gilmore, as we were talking about him a little bit earlier, is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. We talk about him all the all the time. We talked about him earlier. We talked about him on previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. He's pretty incredible. Shut down Amari Cooper last week. Cooper, as we talked about, had zero catches. Gilmore won't get the benefit of a driving rainstorm in this game because Houston plays indoors. But New England will most likely, especially or essentially, still remove Hopkins from the game plan. You've you've got to think. Uh, it seems like Deshaun Watson is going to have to find him eventually. The way Houston plays, like some of these games, they come to play, and then other games, it just seems like if their scheme doesn't work, they just get throttled. Yeah. And I think there's pretty good odds that they get throttled. You think so? <laughs> Uh, Staying in that same game, my next bad matchup is Carlos Hyde versus New England. 
I, at this point, am not playing anyone outside of the top five at their position against New England. They're giving up the fewest fantasy points to running backs, to wide receivers, and to quarterbacks this season. They've only given up three 100-yard games and only one touchdown to running backs. The most points achieved by a running back against this defense was 15.4 half PPR points. That was done by Mark Ingram in New England's only loss. And the same game was when they gave up the one touchdown to a running back, and that was to Gus Edwards. This defense is playing lights out. Carlos Hyde is not involved much in the passing game, so if Houston gets down, he will not be a factor. With a defense that gives up an average of 22 points a game, which is what Houston does, then that could happen. He's a fade, in my opinion, this week. Yeah, and I I think that's a great call by you, especially if they get down. He's not a factor in the passing game at all. He won't even be on the field. So to recap our good and bad matchups a little bit, for good, we had DJ Chark, Kyler Murray, Melvin Gordon, and Derek Carr. For bad, Keenan Allen, Carlos Hyde, DeAndre Hopkins, and my final one is Chris Carson, the RB for Seattle, and they are going to be hosting the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Carson may have literally fumbled away his job last week against Philadelphia. Um, So after that mistake, Seattle turned to Rashad Penny, who responded with a breakout game, put up 129 yards on the ground. So there's a good chance that the Seahawks backfield is is more of a timeshare Mm -hmm. going forward, or at the very least more of a timeshare than it was. The Vikings have allowed the fifth, fewest amount of fantasy points to RBs this season on top of it all so it's not a good matchup to begin with I just think Karsten's prospects are looking a little grim this week and going forward despite the fact that he's had a pretty good season yeah I agree with that and we'll talk a little more about that game and our game of the week as it is the Vikings at the Seahawks in a few minutes um, but some extra good and bad matchups that we kind of want to highlight uh, some good matchups that we like this week. Sam Darnold at Cincinnati. Carson Wentz at Miami. DJ Moore versus Carolina. Miles Sanders at Miami. Kyle Rudolph at Seattle. And Allen Robinson at Detroit. And some on the bad side, Phil Rivers, our favorite quarterback <laughs> against the Broncos. Randall Cobb versus Buffalo. Tevin Coleman at Baltimore. And Kenny Galladay against the Bears on Thanksgiving, like we talked about, maybe just ignore the Lions and act like they don't exist. Yeah. Because they have a guy that, if you can remember the quarterback's name, he's going to be starting for them. <laughs> if you're if you're hearing this podcast and you can remember that, good for you. I cannot, and we just talked about it. So. <laughs> I believe it's David, David Blau. <laughs> And even now, I'm sort of blanking on what is... I know it's Blau. <laughs> Why well, is this furiously looking back through his notes to make sure David, he's right. David Blau, that is correct. He's our guy. If he can't do it, no one can. Oh, he can't do it. He's not going to be the bear. <laughs> he, can't, he can't do it. <laughs> For our game of the week, like Kyla was talking about, we have the Vikings at the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Uh, despite Seattle's attempts every game to run the ball, even if it's not working, it would serve them well to attack the Vikings through the air. The Vikings have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers this season. 
Six different receivers have top 100 yards against Minnesota, including in their last game against the Broncos when Cortland Sutton did it. Those performances don't account for Marvin Jones' four-touchdown game earlier this season uh, for the Lions. He only got 93 yards, so you get it. The Vikings are vulnerable through the air. As for the Vikings' offense, Seattle doesn't allow a ton of yardage on the ground, but that's also because they're winning a lot and they're they're ahead. Opposing teams are passing. I think Cook can run a lot on Seattle, which is going to bode well for you and Finkel yeah, Einhorn. It is. In Seattle's two losses this season, Alvin Kamara had 69 yards on the ground, 92 receiving, and two total touchdowns. And in the other time Seattle lost, Lamar Jackson ran for 116 yards. So it's a it's a key for them, I feel, to stop the run and force teams to throw. If the Vikings can run, I think that kind of is going to me- mess up the game plan a little bit uh, for Seattle. And I think that they're going to be able to run. I think this week that Minnesota is going to try to get back to their roots. They're going to get back to what they do best and lean on my ride or die, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin. <laughs> and they're going to run the friend ball. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Best friend of the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks are giving up an average of 101 yards a game on the ground. That's not outrageous, but Alvin Kamara, week four David Johnson, not today's David Johnson, but week four David Johnson. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb and Todd Gurley have all had good games against this defense. The Vikings' run defense is pretty good, so I expect Seattle to resort to passing the ball a lot more this week than they did last week. Seattle's secondary is not what it once was, as we've talked about before. And with them having to account more for Dalvin Cook than they might normally have to for a running back, I expect even worse this week. I think this is going to be an exciting game with a lot of offense. We talk a lot about the magic of Lamar Jackson, but Russell Wilson has some magic of his own. I believe this game will be high scoring, and that's great for me, as we've said, because I have guys on both these offenses. Actually, I got Lockett and I got Dalvin Cook. I also have the uh, Hollister, the tight end for Seattle. The Vikings are the underdog in this one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they win it. I think it'll be a close one, but I think they upset Seattle this week. So I am also taking the Vikings uh, these past couple of weeks. I believe you took the Packers last week when they played the 49ers. I I took the Niners, but the week before you took Seattle, I took the Niners. So for the first time in a while, we are on the same side. Yeah. We're on the same side of, of the game of the week. I do think the Vikings will do just enough to win. But I've, as you know, always been of the opinion that I just don't really feel that Seattle is that good and they just keep winning games and it makes me sound like an idiot, but they're, (laughs) they're nine and two. I just really don't feel that they're that good. Um, Maybe they'll, maybe they'll prove me wrong and they'll stomp out the Vikings. Who knows? But I, I really think the Vikings win this game. I have to say if Seattle does win, which I don't think they will. I do think Seattle's good, but I don't think they're going to win this game. If they do win this game, are you going to be a believer that Seattle is actually pretty good? I feel like I'm going to have to be. <laughs> I'm going to have to be. They're going to be 10 and 2. The 49ers are playing at Baltimore. So if the 49ers were to get beat, Seattle were to win, Seattle would take over first place in that division and really be in the driver's seat for a first round bye. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about the 49ers that you do about 
the Seahawks. And it's like, well, they keep winning, so they have to be okay. But I still just, I, I'm not bought into it. I don't think the 49ers are as good as their record says they are. I believe in their defense. I don't believe in yeah. their offense as much. Where with Seattle, it's the opposite. I believe in Wilson, but I just mm-hmm. don't believe in the defense. I We'll see this week if they stop the run against the Vikings. I think that'll be a big statement. Yeah. It does seem like, though, because even with New England, the defense is great, but the offense is kind of stagnant. Like, they're not doing much. The um, the wide receivers are all banged up. It does seem like Baltimore is the most well-rounded team in the league right yeah. now, at least. They they are playing the best, and sometimes, like with the New England offense, those those issues don't persist into the postseason. Yeah. We'll see if they do. With When it comes to New England, I certainly hope that they do. <laughs> you know, if the AFC Championship game could somehow be Kansas City and Baltimore and New England could just be sitting at home for the first time, you know, since 1920. Yeah. Then that would really be stellar. As for the NFC, the 49ers and Seahawks, obviously both are going to be playoff teams. You, you would think the Vikings and Packers are both going to be playoff teams. The NFC is going to get pretty interesting. Whoever gets the yeah. first round by and that obviously the Saints are in that mix for a first round by as well. Mm-hmm. These these last few weeks are going to be pretty fun. If Kyla, if you're interested in making game picks in that, have you ever done the NFL playoff machine? No, I haven't. So if you search ESPN NFL playoff machine, basically it, it comes up and you can make picks and then the six playoff seeds for each conference will shift depending on who you take to win each game and it goes week by week basically you could pick the games for the rest of the year and it'll show you the playoff picture okay. which for a football nerd like me is fun <laughs> maybe we should do that again we did it at the beginning of the season some of our picks are not to be wrong maybe we should do that again before the end of the season we did pretty darn well, though, at the beginning of the season. You picked Baltimore. To, did, didn't you have them at 12-4? and four? I think I had. I don't remember, but I did have them, and you were like, they're going to have more losses than that. And I was like, Man, oh. I was, I was wrong. I, I had New England at like 15-1, and one. I mean, that's like, that's crazy to think about then because teams don't finish with that kind of record, but it certainly seems like that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely could happen and teams don't typically finish 15 and 1. Like that's it's such a rare thing and I yeah. with the way Baltimore is playing, hopefully New England can find one more loss, but they still both be 14 and 2. Yeah. Which I, which I don't remember that really ever happening. Yeah, that's So It's been a wild season. We got a long season. way to we got a long <laughs> way to go, but yeah, if you're hearing this and you're a football nerd and you want to do the NFL playoff machine, it is by ESPN. Go Google it and find it. It's fun. Yeah, we're going to do it. All right. So our starting lineups for this week, I am, again, having a debate at quarterback. I have Tom Brady in there right now, but I don't have a lot of faith in Tom Brady at this point. The matchup against Houston is good, but I might put Nick Foles in. And I said that last week and I didn't change it out and it wouldn't matter because they both got like 14 <laughs> points. But Nick Foles is playing Tampa Bay. So they're Well, Tampa- you know what they say, a, a team with two quarterbacks really has no quarterbacks. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> a team that can't decide, that means that means they don't have a good one. I'm just uh, saying. 
That is not, that, that. That's true, and that's exactly how I feel right now. I just need a different quarterback. <laughs> just, just throwing a little more shit back your way. <laughs> uh, my wide receivers: Chris Godwin, as always; Tyler Lockett, as always. Even though he had a really shitty week last week, I still got faith in Tyler Lockett. My running backs: Aaron Jones, which pains me to say because I. I have a love-hate relationship with Aaron Jones. Like I've said before, he'll get 40 points one week, and then he'll get like three the next week, and it's yeah. just, oh, it kills me. It really it makes me <laughs> so angry. Um, Of course, Dalvin Cook, my other starting running back against Seattle, my tight end, Jacob Hollister, is my best option. At this point, I looked to see who was a free agent today, and there really were no good options available in our league in my flex spot i have dj chark against tampa bay and then my bench guys i have both james connor and benny snell but i even if james connor doesn't play i don't think i'm gonna play benny snell i have darius geis not playing him michael gallup against buffalo probably not playing him and then my kicker this week i got a new kicker zane gonzalez the Arizona Ooh. kicker. <laughs> How intriguing, <laughs> Mr. Gonzalez. I almost picked up Harrison Butker, but I didn't because the matchup wasn't very good. But, I mean, kickers are hard to predict. So, yeah, With the kicker, you never know. Yeah. And then my defense this week, I went with the Jets against Cincinnati. So, my team has the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and the... <laughs> starting lineup uh, as I've mentioned to you many times during the course of the year you know there are ebbs and flows in that but you know there's a long period of time where Mike Evans really wasn't doing much and Cooper Cup was the man now it's kind of the opposite hopefully Evans will have a better week than he had last week hopefully he won't but in, yeah right <laughs> it, but in my receiver spots Mike Evans and Cooper Cup really really need Cooper Cup to get back to doing what he was doing earlier in the year Jared Goff like where are you throwing the ball <laughs> but if Cup can turn back into a juggernaut a little bit I think that really bodes well for my team I don't know what happened to Jared Goff this year it's it's crazy the decline that he's had from that last year to this year yeah, and Goff was in the playoffs, obviously in the Super Bowl. He has declined. Trubisky was in the playoffs. He has declined. Carson Wentz doesn't really seem to be playing as well this season either. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of quarterbacks are just kind of falling off, and mm. it is impossible from a fan's perspective to predict. In my two RB slots, Mark Ingram and Saquon Barkley, I've got Odell in my flex. Always a uh, risky proposition. It did work last week. Golden Tate, Joe Mixon, and Carlos Hyde I've got on the bench. Along with Noah Fant, I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard in my tight end spot against Miami over Noah Fant. It's just a better matchup. I'm hoping Goddard gets a touchdown. I am not looking to Goddard to be my long-term solution <laughs> at tight end. But if he keeps producing, then maybe that's what happens. Uh, he's been good. He's been good recently. Do you have a long-term solution for your tight end? Absolutely not. <laughs> Me either. No, I would love to find somebody better. This has been something that's been going on all year. After I drafted Vance McDonald, I finally dropped him, by the way, to pick up Goddard. <laughs> I saw that. 
Vance McDonald, and I'm trying to remember even who else I drafted. So that goes to show you how shitty you, my tight ends have been all year. You drafted Kyle Rudolph, if I remember. Rudolph, and then he didn't do much. I should have just held on to Rudolph. <laughs> I picked up TJ Hawkinson after his week one you know, supposed breakout game. Mm-hmm. And then he hasn't even come close to matching that the entire rest of the season. Not at all. Anywho, moving on <laughs> past my terrible tight end situation, Nick Folk is my kicker, and I'm going to start the Baltimore defense despite their matchup against the 49ers. They're on a roll right now. Baltimore has been getting in double digits every week. Going back to week seven, their five games. They have scored 18 points, 13 points, 24, 15, and 13. You know, from a defensive perspective and fantasy, that's really all you can ask for. And for the postseason run, they will be at Buffalo, they will host the Jets, and then they will be at Cleveland. Yeah. So the schedule is looking good. I think Baltimore that's a good call. My defense going forward. Yeah, I think that's a good call too, because you also have New Orleans, I see there, but. Even though on paper the matchup is good, Atlanta has been playing much better. It's a Thursday game, so I probably wouldn't go with them either. The short week games are a little tougher to predict, in my opinion. And then, yeah, the Falcons have been playing better. It's in Atlanta. The Saints did just give up, I believe, 31 points to Carolina. Mm -hmm. So Baltimore is just on on a roll, and I don't see any reason to overthink it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I guess that's all for the show today. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. Head over there to see our top waiver wire ads of the week, and you can send us your lineup questions there as well. Remember that there are three Thanksgiving Day games tomorrow, so set your lineups. Good luck in week 13. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, we do. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you.